0: I not you stand right now for the reading of the Word. A lot of graduates in Discover Life, and we had a, a big pastor's breakfast this morning that was just spectacular. Thanks to all our volunteers that made that happen, and it was great to have all our guests at Pastor's Breakfast. God's doing some great things here at Lightpoint, and I'm glad that you're on board. We're going to see where this training goes. He's taking us to some great places. I don't know a lot of the specifics. I mean... We need to we need to expand. We've got we've got some real estate issues. We need to redo our parking. We, we I would love to build a new building. I just got to be honest. I'd like to buy AIM and I'd like to buy the all. I, I got all kinds of dreams and plans. I don't know where God's going to take us exactly, but I do know we're going somewhere. And, and why don't you get on board and see where that is? Join the team. Roll up your sleeves. Now we're going to be looking at Genesis 45 today. Starting with verse number 5. Genesis 45 and 5. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves. Because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years the famine has been in the land and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house. And a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. I'd like to preach a message today entitled, The Unexpected Tapestry. The Unexpected Tapestry. And I'd like to say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness, for your word. I pray God that you would be glorified today in this message. And I pray God that somebody would hear a word of hope today. They would find a lifeline today. They could find a way home today, Lord. And I give you praise for that right now in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. This is the story of Joseph. And Joseph's story culminates with a revelation he's had about how he got into Egypt. He even repeats this emphatically in Genesis chapter 50. To Joseph, this was a core truth that he discovered. He told his brothers essentially, What you did to hurt me, God used to bless me. He realized God did great things with and through the awful circumstances into which he had been thrust. The Hebrew language paints Joseph's statement like this. My brothers, you wove evil into the tapestry of my life. Tears, pain, suffering, sorrow. But without you even knowing it, God took what you wove and made it bless me. It became an unexpected tapestry it's like one of those pictures that you look at and it's got a picture hidden within it. You look at it one way, but then you look at it a little deeper and you see other things. Can you see other things in this picture on the screen? Elephant? Lion? Monkey? It's a forest, right? But is it really? I got another one here. Check this one out. You look at it one way and you see something, but you look a little deeper. Do You see the zebras, the lion. Look at it one way. It looks like something. You look at it a little deeper. You see something totally different. I'm telling you, our God has this problem. He thinks he's God. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. And because of this, He has this uncanny, unmatched ability to take the very same circumstances the devil brings against you and do something that nobody expected and turn it into something absolutely beautiful, absolutely stunning. God knows how to bring the best things out of the worst places and weave an unexpected tapestry. Let's take a, a closer look at Joseph's life. Let's look at it a little deeper. At one time, Joseph was the youngest son of his father, Jacob, and the only child of Jacob's favorite wife, Rachel. Later on, she would have Benjamin. Laban tricked Jacob into marrying Leah, Rachel's sister, first. And then he was able to marry Rachel. And while Leah, his least favorite wife, had six boys, Rachel, his favorite wife, had none. She was barren for many years. Then The Bible says in Genesis 30, that God opened Rachel's womb and she became pregnant and gave Jacob a son, Joseph. Now, during all the years of Rachel's barrenness, While Leah was having all these boys, the Lord was working on Jacob. By the time Joseph was born, Jacob had changed significantly. He walked differently. He walked with a limp because he had a God encounter and God touched him. God's going to give somebody an encounter today. God's going to touch somebody and they're going to walk out of here differently than they walked in. God changed. Jacob changed his name from Jacob which means supplanter or manipulator and changed it to Israel which means a prince with God. Jacob had started to walk in his calling as a patriarch. He, He was the namesake for the nation of Israel. The one through whom the Abrahamic blessing would be passed on from generation to generation. Joseph was raised... By a man who had become a mighty man of God. All of this was part of the tapestry of Joseph's life. You see, Joseph's brothers were raised by a low down, dirty, rotten scoundrel that manipulator, a liar, a backstabber, a betrayer. And they had gotten their moral compass from this man named Jacob. But Joseph got his moral compass from Israel. And the eight older boys noticed how Jacob treated Joseph differently. Treated him with respect and offered him favor. And they were jealous. Now this jealousy was all part of the tapestry of Joseph's life. Their jealousy turned to hatred. They wanted Joseph to just go away. So they began to plot this wicked scheme. Evil is what Joseph... Called it. They conspired against him. And this conspiracy was woven into the tapestry of Joseph's life. They sought to kill him. There was another thread that was woven in. They threw him into a pit. There again, another thread in the tapestry of Joseph's life. It was Reuben's idea to put him there. The Bible says Reuben intended to go back and return him to his father. Now we're not sure what Reuben's motives were. Maybe it was good intentions. Maybe it was just to manipulate his father to try to get some favor out of his dad for rescuing Joseph. Nevertheless, it was yet another thread woven into the tapestry of Joseph's life. Judah suggested they sell him to some slave traders that just so happened to be passing by. This was another thread. He was sold into Potiphar's house. Yet another thread. He was lied on by Mrs. Potiphar. Yet another thread in his story. He was put in prison because of Mrs. Potiphar's lies. Another thread. He interpreted dreams for the butler and the baker. Yet another thread. Those dreams came to pass. And for two years he was overlooked underestimated forgotten about in prison yet another thread pharaoh began to dream the butler suddenly remembered joseph when his soothsayers couldn't interpret the dreams and joseph comes in and interprets pharaoh's dreams yet another thread and finally after years and years joseph was elevated into the palace where he ended up saving his entire family and actually the rest of the world God took his brother's jealousy, their conspiracy, their homicidal tendencies, and wove his plans and purposes through all of that into the tapestry of Joseph's life. He took Reuben's selfish suggestion, why don't we leave him in the pit? And uh, Judah's greedy idea, why don't we sell him and make some bank off our brother why just leave him to die in a pit when we can make a few bucks off of him? And God used that and wove it into his plans and purposes and into the tapestry of Joseph's life. He took Mrs. Potiphar's lives and moved Joseph where he needed him in a prison. And he took the butler's forgetfulness and used it for Joseph's benefit. You see, God was working out a greater purpose and an unexpected tapestry was being developed. God was setting it all up for something good, something that nobody saw, and something that nobody could have ever expected. Can I tell you something? God knows how to take the threads of evil that have been woven into the tapestry of your life and do something that nobody expects. When the devil meant for harm, when it looked evil, when it looked like disaster and tragedy, rest assured, God is working behind the scenes and leaving an unexpected tapestry. Unexpected to everyone except God. I love Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. The King James puts it like this. To give you an expected end. In other words, to give you a future and a hope. One that God expected Nobody in the situation expected it, but God expected it. I serve a God who knows how to give you a future and a hope that nobody saw coming. If they just looked at the raw material, it looked like a disaster. At first glance, it looks like something that is ruined. But God knows how to take the very same Weaving in the disaster and flip it around and turn it around and turn it into something amazing. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now with Joseph, it goes back even further. It goes back beyond Rachel's barrenness and this attitude that these boys had towards him. It goes back beyond Isaac. It goes back To Joseph's great grandfather Abram. This is amazing. Check this out. When Sarah suggested to Abram. That he marry Hagar. Maybe you remember the story. God had promised them a son. That is Abram and Sarah. And it was seeming like it was taking forever. And in their impatience. Sarah just gave up. She could no longer have kids. She said, Abram, why don't you just marry Hagar, this Egyptian, my hand servant, my handmaid. Why don't you just marry her and y'all have a kid. You know the story. She was young, Hagar was. and Time was running out. His wife suggested it. So Abram, being the guy he was, said, okay, I'll marry her. And sure enough, he did. And she had a kid with Abram. The kid's name was Ishmael. It wasn't Hagar's fault. It wasn't Ishmael's fault. But it was not the plan of God. This was not Abraham being faithful. This was Abram's biggest faith fail. And in a short period of time, Sarah had all she could take, laid the law down, and Abram had to kick out Hagar and Ishmael. And through the entire sordid story, the mistakes, the failures, the missteps, God took it all and created an unexpected tapestry. And here's how. Those slave traders that just happened to be passing by that bought Joseph, they go all the way back to Abraham's greatest mistake. They are called Midianites and Ishmaelites. If you reverse engineer all of this, from the famine back to Pharaoh, from Pharaoh back to the butler, from the butler to the prison, from the prison to Mrs. Potiphar, from Mrs. Potiphar back to Mr. Potiphar at the auction block buying Joseph, from Potiphar at the auction block to the slave traders who bought Joseph. Those slave traders were descendants Of Ishmael. Had there been no Ishmael, there would have been no one to whom Joseph could have been sold, which placed him at the right place at the right time. God took the greatest mistake of Abraham's life and turned it around for good. No wonder the Bible says if God is for us, who can be against us? who can take what the enemy has brought against you to destroy you and God can turn it around and pull out a miracle give Him some praise right now thank you Jesus the devil thought he had wiped out Abraham he thought he had wiped out Joseph but not only did he fail to wipe them out in attacking them both with His biggest, seemingly most successful attacks, God saved all of Israel. Who could have seen that coming? It was an unexpected tapestry. It's the power of our God. I'm going to tell you, going back generationally, the biggest mistakes your parents and grandparents may have made, all the way down to your biggest mistakes, they are no match for the greatness of and the goodness and the genius of our God. Romans 8:28 says that our God works all things together for the good of those who love Him and who are the called according to His purpose. Our God has the greatness, the goodness, the genius, the power, the foreknowledge to weave an unexpected tapestry. And when you fail, and when you fall. And when you totally blow it. Look around you right now. Can you do it? Right now look around you. Those people. There have been times in their life. When they have totally blown it. Every single one of them. You look at them. You say that can't be the case. I'm going to tell you. It is the case. I'm not a prophet from the Lord today. To tell you this. I'm just going to tell you. Because I know people. They've made a disaster of some things at times. Every single one of us. So when you blow it in, when you, when you mess up, when you fail, when you fall, when it's your own fault, like Abram, or maybe it's others' fault, like Joseph, God knows how to turn it around. He knows how to use the very threads the enemy has sewn into the tapestry and turn it into something absolutely beautiful. What I am telling you is this. With God for us, who can be against us? When God is for you, you cannot lose. You cannot be defeated. You cannot be overcome. You're a child of the living God who created the heavens and the earth. You stand in faith. You look the devil in the eye and say, I may be down now. but..." Valerie and I went on this road trip. We just got back from Kansas City, and we decided to drive it, and we decided to take the back roads. Me and Mama, you know, my fellow empty nester, my fellow grandparent, we decided to take the back roads, and so that's exactly what we did. We went up through Natchez, and Valerie got on the phone somewhere between Bastrop and Pine Bluff, Arkansas. And we were following directions from her phone. But she was on the phone. You hear what I'm saying? And so we'd pass something up. up. She's like, oh, wait a second. It's free routing. I don't know. I don't know. What's happening? What did, where do I go? The next thing I knew it was dust. And, and, and we we crossed over the Arkansas line. And as soon as we crossed the Arkansas line on this, whatever road we were on, the middle line disappeared. But well, it disappeared on that road. And the trees were hanging over, man. It looked like, you know, red riding hoods forest. us. And, and the sun was, was going down, but I couldn't see anything. I couldn't see the line in the middle of the road. And half the road became a dirt road in Arkansas. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, I thought Louisiana had bad roads. This is atrocious like, this is incredibly awful. I had to slow way down. I'm just trying to stay on the road. She's like, speed up. I'm like, I can't even see the road, honey. And I don't want to get on the dirt part. Like, spin off. and Try to overcorrect. So I'm just trying to just trying to make it. We finally made it to a dirt road. But we ate at little stops like John's Hamburgers and uh, these little stops along the way. And we passed some cotton fields. Now, we live down here in the deep fried, dirty south. And you don't see cotton fields as much. You see more sugar cane. We're from North Louisiana, so this was like old times. Like, check it out. Check out the cotton fields. So we stopped, and we snagged a picture at the cotton field, and we actually went out there and picked a little cotton, right? Sorry, Mr. Farmer. Forgive me, Lord, but, like, I guess we sold some cotton we didn't mean to. It was just, it, we just got, you know, we just were tempted beyond what we could. Anyhow, we took the cotton. Valerie took it. Y'all prayed for it. And uh, she was thinking about planting it in our yard. She was looking it up. How do I plant cotton? And they said, you can't plant cotton. It's against the law to plant cotton if you're not a cotton farmer, sanctioned person, authorized person to do so. And the reason why is because what you're going to hear in this next story, Vance Habner in his book, It Is Toward Evening, tells the story of a group of farmers who are raising cotton around Enterprise, Alabama. When out of nowhere, the devastating boll, weevil, invaded the crops. These men had put all of their savings, dedicated all of their fields, and set all of their hopes in cotton. And then the boll, weevil, came. Before long, it looked as if they would go bankrupt. The farmers decided, since we can't plant cotton, let's plant something else. One of them had a good idea. Let's plant some peanuts. Amazingly, the peanuts brought them more money than they would have ever made raising cotton. Not only did they get out of bankruptcy, they got rich. When the farmers realized that what seemed like a disaster had actually made them rich, they erected a large and impressive monument. To the boll weevil. A monument to the very thing they once thought would destroy them. There it is an Enterprise. Look at the close up. A nasty boll weevil (laughs) being adored and worshipped because it made them see things a little differently. I'm telling you, God can take your mess and turn it into a message of His hope and mercy. God can take your test and turn it into a testimony of His love and grace. Like David Huff said, He can turn your stumbling blocks into stepping stones. I'm telling you, we serve a God. Who is unstoppable? A God who knows how to take what the devil meant for evil and turn it around in something good. He knows how to create an unexpected tapestry. One that nobody could have seen coming. Stand with me right now. I want to challenge you today to walk in faith, knowing that God's going to work something incredible. Out of your particular situation, your mistakes, your failures, what the enemy brought against you, what he may have done in your life, listen when Jesus was hanging on the cross. It looked like all hope was gone. I mean, no disrespect, no disrespect. No disrespect, (laughs) (laughs) but out of just reality, what looked like, hey, God can work something awesome out of whatever's going on right now, too. Amen. But what God, when when Jesus was hanging on the cross, what looked like an absolute fail. Paul would later say, "This is the power of God under salvation." Yeah. Hallelujah! Amen. Can you give him some praise right now? So, rather than throw your hands up in defeat, rather than take this microphone and slam it into the ground because of what looks like an absolute fail. Put your hands to the Lord and say thank you Jesus I know you're working all things together for the good of those who love you and are the call according to your purpose you've got plans and purposes in my pain, God you've got greatness that you planted on the side of me and the enemy is trying to stop it and the enemy is trying to turn me around but I will not turn around I will not turn back I know you will work this out you have an unexpected tapestry that you are creating in my life to make an incredible difference. Um, Could you just bow your heads with me right now? Father, you are speaking to some hearts in this place today. They have faced disaster. They have faced tragedy. They have faced difficult things. And it looks like the bull weevil has come in to destroy their crops. Let us stand in faith today and know you're working all things together. They'll look back on those seasons and they'll say, thank you, Jesus. How would I have known you were a deliverer deliverer, had I not struggled with that addiction? How would I have known that you're a healer had I not struggled with that sickness? How would I have not known that you were a provider had I not dealt with that sickness or with that, that lack in my life, Father? I thank you. I thank you. God, there's hope beyond what we see now. The, the evil that's been woven into our lives. There's a deeper way of seeing it, God. There's another picture that's being formed. And it's absolutely stunning. The devil can't comprehend what you're able to do. With the plans that he comes against us with, Lord. He can't understand it. And we can't either. But we just know. We're in the hand. That we stand in faith. Thank you for the Israelites in our life. Thank you, Lord, for the the brothers that stabbed me in the back. Thank you, Lord, for the the pain of suffering because I know you've worked it all together for my good. Hallelujah. I want to open this altar. The Holy Ghost is speaking to you today. I'm telling you, the Lord is is calling you today. He's reeling you in today. I want you to come to the front, around this front today. The Lord wants to speak to you and move on you deeply. If the Lord is speaking to you today, don't hesitate. Step out. Put a, a finger in the eye of the devil and say, devil, you're a liar and a thief. He's working it all together for my good. Come on. Some of you, you've been done wrong. You've faced some setbacks, but those setbacks are just setups. You've been put down, but God's positioning you to be lifted high. Come on, is there somebody else? Beautiful. Awesome. Awesome. God's doing some great things. Those biggest losses, those biggest fails. Those biggest disasters, they're just set up for His perfect love flow. Oh.